Hello, everyone, and welcome to Monster Hour. I am Quinn, your keeper of monster and mysteries. With me today are Hannah. Hi, I'm Hannah, and I play J.R. the Crooked. Kyle. Hi, I'm Kyle. I play Alvin the Monstrous. And Tio. Hi, I'm Tio, and I play Constance the Expert. We are ready to begin our next mystery. Or I should say we are almost ready. <laughs> JR, what did you do with the fragment of disc after your rather outlandish encounter? JR, what did you do? Uh, JR, what did you do? Uh, uh, well, so my first thought was to bury it. But we're not animals. We do not need to bury our food. Constance's apartment is now... Um, it's got an exposed face. It's it fine. could use some renovations. <laughs> I mean, I think I bring it back into the apartment and point outside where the storage unit used to be and say something like, I really hope there weren't any valuables there. You know, collector's items, the record of the Beatles that got changed because the first copy of it was like the Beatles with a bunch of meat draped over them. (laughs) Anyway, um, I don't think Constance is a Beatles fan, so I think we're okay. But uh, what should we do with this? And I hold out the disc. Hmm. Constance, behind JR, there's just... (laughs) Part of your studio missing, and further out, the landscape has been utterly transformed into this bizarre, almost glass-like coral and orange scene. I silently go into my kitchen, open the third cupboard on the left. It's a notebook. Flip to the third page. It's a tally of all the expenses that JR is expected to pay back to me at some point. (laughs) Good luck with that. I have also added in uh, what I perceive as appropriate damages, including how I had to talk to PAX and deal with their arrival at my apartment. So that's like, yeah, emotional labor (laughs) is taxed in there with interest. So I just add, I look around I kind of think about the discount Stan is going to give me, and I put down 115 grand, and then I <laughs> put the book back in the cupboard. I come back out and I go, okay, I think we should probably hide it. And then I, I hit the wall with my elbow and open the compartment that used to hold the flamethrower back when it needed to be stored away because it wasn't being used so frequently. <laughs> And it is empty. And I kind of just like gesture like Vanna White. For those youngins, Vanna White is on this show called Wheel of Fortune that nobody has watched in many, many years. But she is one of the most highly paid people on television. And she taps light boxes and reveals letters behind them. It's the most amazing job I've ever seen. (laughs) Is that Constance's dream job? I think that's Constance's dream paycheck, and I think those are two different things. <laughs> I think it might be Constance's dream job if the TV show wasn't involved. Yeah. If it was just tapping light boxes and revealing <laughs> cool stuff. Yeah, I mean, there's been similar displays at Burning Man, but when you tap the light box, like something, you know, transformative happens, and so, you know, she'd be into that version of it. Um, but yeah, got so it, got it. that is what I do. 
I mean, I'm just going to say as an aside, one, that's extremely ambitious of Constance to think that she's ever going to get any of that money out of JR. Like, just (laughs) extremely wishful thinking. Like, go with God, but you are never, ever, ever going to see that money out of JR. She plans to garnish wages and or suits. I mean, good luck garnishing wages. You don't even know JR's real name. <laughs> but suits, yeah. man. Suits. Yeah, yeah, she'll just buy also, more suits. Also, has JR gotten paid in any fashion since she arrived? No, Unclear. no, she is not. How is uh, JR feeding herself? We don't need to get into that, but that's Const- a valid question. Has Trade secrets. Has been back to the visitor center since this started? Yeah. Is Alvin the only one with a job? No, Constance <laughs> has kept her job. She just does early morning shifts now. <laughs> it's just all off screen. Yeah, it's all There's off screen. There's usually like several weeks between mystery arcs where I assume yeah. Alvin and Constance are working their regular jobs and JR is doing things. Stop. Constance has eyed a couple of the suits and thought to herself like, if things get real rough and I need the cash, I'll take this one first. Uh, I know I where mean, to sell it. The, the other one. thing is these suits are tailor-made. Some of them are bespoke, so they're not going to fit anybody except for me. Uh, but second of all, this seems like, I don't know, that doesn't seem very teammate worthy to be like, yes, she now owes me for not turning her <laughs> into the FBI. Like, <laughs> look, it's a it's a way for Constance to feel some semblance of control. Okay, well, whether it's this, real or not, <laughs> this feels like maybe something to talk to your therapist about and not keep secret journals about. Ta- do you also keep track of what you, what Alvin owes you? Because yes. uh, one shirt, you know. <laughs> just one, just one, a new vacuum cleaner. <laughs> Didn't we also? F- File down his nails too. Yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Look, it's it. This is therapy for Constance. It's a way okay. for her to tally all all that she has given and all that has been taken away. It's a <laughs> memorial. <laughs> God, that's grim. <laughs> Let this speak for my future existence. <laughs> so, Jr., you put the disc in the the Vanna White cupboard. Yes. <laughs> okay. Yes. I like that. Excellent. The Vanna White cupboard. It shall henceforth be known as. Okay, excellent. So it is currently being stored in one of the many secret compartments in Constance's studio. Yes. So I know last episode was an interlude and we got into some of the things that you all did with your 24 hours before your departure. But are there any other final preparations you've made before heading out to meet the tall man in the moonscape? Yes. Yes. <laughs> uh, I went and Costco. secured. I went, yes, I went and secured some snacks. Oh, no. oh, Here God. is the list of snacks that this is, these are the ones that JR has secured. <laughs> so if other people Hannah have is other ones. a piece of paper through the computer, <laughs> it's okay, coming out of our so- printer right now. <laughs> Anna oh has texted god. me a list. Oh goodness! Wow! Oh my god! It's twenty-seven pages long. So, so let's let's. Uh, we have uh, we have Sour Patch Kids. We have some Chex Mix. We have some Bubble Yum. Some beef jerky. Some craisins. Some kind bars, which are a personal favorite of mine. And we have some apple chips. And then I think also let's bring a flashlight. <laughs> oh <laughs> <I> yeah! Just- <laughs> Forever flashlight. Flashlight. I think maybe a length of rope would be useful 
And uh, uh, JR would also like to bring one of those, it's either like a Swiss Army knife or it's like one of those multi-tool things along with a small rolling suitcase full of nothing but food. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Okie dokie. Constance? Before this all happened, Constance had watched one too many technology documentaries on Netflix She's already a bit paranoid now, and the having seen those photos with her mom, she doesn't trust anyone, and I think that she puts her phone in a cup of water. Even though she's going to a place that arguably does not have cell phone service, <laughs> even so, she has decided that it's time for uh, a new phone, and so she puts her phone in water, and she has purchased a burner for contact when she gets back. Ghost protocol. Exactly. She's also strapping her, you know, her standard bears. She's got her Instagram backpack, her flamethrower, all that good stuff is ready to go. Yes, I I assume you're bringing your weapons, but thank you for for noting that. <laughs> Alvin, any any final preparations? Yeah, Alvin shows up a little late to the apartment. He's got a he's got some nice hiking boots on. He's got a rucksack with a Nalgene carabiner on to the back. Inside is a a sleeping bag and a warm change of clothes and he's carrying just a whole brick of cheese. Ooh, good choice. Good. Nice, nice. Is it Tillamook? Yeah, just Tillamook sharp cheddar. Just a big And he nice. was like taking Tillamook. a big bite out of it as he comes through the door. Oh god. Nice. Nice. And it's got like teeth marks in it. Ah, <laughs> I love it. I love it. You ready to go? <laughs> yep. Yep, we're ready to go, Quinn. So the three of you, I'm going to say it is early morning as you rendezvous. The three of you head out and arrive at the moonscape, making your way out towards the sunken valley that seems to be the tall man's destination of choice. You arrive as the sun is just beginning to crest the horizon, and you see him there, waiting. And he turns around, and you can see he's uh, still wearing the Dorian face, the Dorian mask, very unsettling. <laughs> and he looks at the three of you and opens his arms out in a welcoming gesture and says, So good of you all to make it. I'm glad we didn't have any hiccups at this stage. I'm glad we're moving forward with this arrangement. Yeah, they went away kind of on the way here, really. The hiccups? <laughs> oh, crap. Mm. Sorry. Am Is that I a off- bad thing? Am Are I we all going to die? Am I off the bus? No, don't kick me off the bus. Alvin, I assure you, your hiccups are no concern to me or anyone else. Oh, that's a leaf. (laughs) (laughs) Are the three of you prepared? No, but how could we possibly be? What a ridiculous question. (laughs) Are you prepared to go to Bora Bora right now? No, because you've never been and you don't know what it's like there. I have been to Bora Bora. What? Three times, okay. I believe. Oh, repeat visitor. Okay. All right. Nice Getting place. to know your style. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, excuse uh, me. As much fun as it is to watch the three of you bumble your way through seemingly impossible odds, <laughs> it does seem like it would be in everyone's best interest to provide you with a bit of information about the task at hand. Thank you. Do you know why I'm so fond of this place? And he walks forward a few paces and raises his hand cheery because... atmosphere oh rhetorical sorry <laughs> because it reminds me of home 
And he reaches his hand out into this seemingly empty space, and as he does so, a spark of light appears. It glimmers eagerly as his hand draws closer, but just as he's about to make contact with it, jagged arcs of crackling energy lash out angrily towards him. Mm. He sighs, gingerly shaking his hand as he turns back to face you. There is a doorway here, to a place that many of my kindred call home. A place that is built on the wants and wishes of humans who are taken there. A series of interconnected personal paradises where my kind find comfort and amusement in the humans they serve. A place known as Otherware. Hmm. Ordinarily, the only way that a mortal can enter is through a deal with one of my kindred, a deal which usually involves remaining there in perpetuity. But your key will let you open the door unaccosted. Otherware has a center, a core, on which the whole space has been built. I believe it's a meadow of some kind, very peaceful. I haven't been there myself. In that theater, there is a registrum, a record of all the agreements and pacts that make up the framework of its reality. Probably looks like a book of some kind, though in theory I suppose it could be any text-based medium. I need the three of you to find the registrum and copy this text into it. And from his suit jacket pocket, he produces an envelope, sealed in red wax. And his arm extends far further than it should outward, just a few feet from you. Jair reaches out very gingerly and, like, takes the envelope. It is weightier than the ones you've encountered previously. There's probably at least a couple pages in there. Okay, I open it up and then take a look. You pry at the wax seal and it won't open. (laughs) Uh, What if I uh, use my newly acquired Swiss Army knife to uh, pry the wax open? You try and the blade starts to bend. Oh boy. All right. And (laughs) the tall man smiles and says, you have to... Promise me you won't open that until you reach the registrum. I mean, you could have said something about this before I started trying to open it with my knife. I could have, couldn't I? You could have. (laughs) God, you are such a fucking asshole. Do you want me to try, JR? No. Oh, okay. Here's a question. Hey, Gumby, will we be able to open it? Mm -hmm. (laughs) You know what? I'll take Art Girl over Gumby. Will we be able to open it? When the time comes? Of course. So you're preventing us from opening it now, right? Yes. That's what's happening. Okay. All right. So you, you just wanted to make us look like Constance, idiots. explain the joke, Constance, it usually isn't funny. <laughs> well, you never are. Constance starts walking. Where? Just walking with purpose to the right. Okay. <laughs> Dorian looks at you for a moment and then trains his eyes back on Alvin and JR. Otherware is made up of a series of theaters, all built around the mortals that anchor them. They're all connected. There are doors between them that allow my kind to travel through them. Normally, they're invisible to the human eye, but the three of you aren't entirely normal, are you? I mean, go on. How do we find the doors? 
Intuition, investigation, a little bit of luck, a little bit of magic. It should be easier if you can find the anchor to orient yourself, the human that's at the center of the theater. But in a pinch, you might be able to find it without them. I gotta ask, are some of these theaters gonna be like, you know, like a sex thing? Is that, is it gonna be a sex thing, Dorian? I really just don't have to deal with a sex thing. Like, I'm sort of good at magic, but like sex magic is a whole different thing. (laughs) You know, and I didn't pack my like sexy suit. I just packed (laughs) my regular suit. So is it gonna be a sex thing? Because you have to tell me, otherwise it's entrapment. <laughs> is this a sex thing? <laughs> Conscious turns around and comes back. <laughs> <laughs> wow, this episode's gone just so far <laughs> off the rails into the raunch swamp. All right, good I'm episode. I'm seeing a lot of things that could be sex things. <laughs> now that I think about it, all these rocks out here are pretty strong. <laughs> Uh, I mean, if I know my kindred, they would keep that sequestered away if it is a thing. Okay, okay. good. Because I, I only pack snacks, so I appreciate that <laughs> probably not going to be a sex thing. That's good. Okay. Hey, Mr. Tallman, sir? Yes? This sounds like a lot of fun and real great, but question one. Is this world, like, full of... Does it have a lot of silver? And question two, follow-up. I still hurt a lot from that silver sword that you used oh, in my body. right, it, yeah. Where you cut me up a lot. It's still bleeding. It, like, won't heal. It's super... I hate it a lot. I forget about your mortal needs. They're pretty important to us, so... Yeah. And I guess by extension, me now. Yeah. Whatever you're going to offer, I'm also very close to dying. I feel that way, at least. And JR got beat up a lot. Wait, JR? JR looks fine. I'm doing all right. Uh, Did you take a hmm. bath? Is that what what bath bombs do? Boy, I wish. No, uh, that's uh, Constance. Um, That's another reason you're, um, you're not getting that security deposit back on your apartment. But we can talk I mean, about it later. We can talk about it. It's fine. We can talk about that. I, I own that place from my boonie. There's no security deposit to be had, but I do get fined by the HOA every time. <laughs> anyway. I could fix you up right away if that's what you want, but the question I have to ask is, what's in it for me? My thanks and respect. And us doing the registrar thing that you need done. Yes, but that is a separate deal. Tell you what, I'll make this easy. Tell me about your fondest memory. It seems like a trick. Oh, man, yeah. No, I think about this all the time. So when I was younger, I had this Mustang horse named Bailey. And after chores were done, I would just go out and I would just get on and I would just ride and ride and ride. And just like the freedom of being able to ride on that horse, just anywhere I wanted to go, it was, you know, it was thrilling and exhilarating. It was, yeah, I gotta say, I think about that one a lot. And Constance? Can you tell if I'm lying? <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's a weird one to preface. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, my fondest memory was, was, was actually when I beat my friend Rochelle 
at an artist retreat painting experience. It was our favorite teacher was leading this experience and we were supposed to create these like abstract versions of like, what are leaves? Like if leaves weren't leaves, but they still had to be green and they still had to have the structure of leaves, but without looking like leaves, what would that mean? And we had five hours to do it, which is like no time. And at the end of it, the instructor said that I best exemplified what she had envisioned and I saw the look of disappointment in my friend's face and she's always been so much better at this kind of stuff than me and so I would love to say that it was a memory of my family but if I'm being honest I think that might be my most cherished memory I I'm still working on myself appreciate your candor Constance and Dorian takes a very deep breath like a nasally inhale and he flexes his right hand, clenches it a couple times, almost like he's working through some like arthritis or carpal tunnel. And as he does this, those memories fade. They get grainy and granular. And then you can't remember what you were thinking about. And they're gone. Each of you heal to zero harm. Wow, Dorian, I don't honestly know what you did there, but it feels great. Yeah, did you just give me like a magical band-aid? In a sense, I suppose I did. Thank you, the two of you. I appreciated that. Mm. Uh, you're, you're welcome, I guess. Thank no, you. No, no, don't, don't accept a thank hmm? you from the Gumby man. That's suspicious. I just kind of frown sadly. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Dorian, which uh, theater do you want to move into? Once I have access via the Registrum, I can move freely between any theater, as can most of my kindred. Sure, I mean, I can walk down the street, but I got a house. Apartment. Okay, apartment. But I have a home. It's a very human-centric way of looking at it. I don't need a home. I have never had one. So you have, like, a big home. Like, the whole world's your home. I suppose if you wanted to look at that that way, yes. Got a traveler. Wanderlust. So wait, if you don't have a home, why the fuck are we getting you home? A sanctuary is different from a home. <sighs> but no less important. For my kindred as a home is to yours. So we need to get in a theater. We need to find the center, register him, open this thing, and then that gives us the next step. Did I TLDR that correctly? Yes. You'll need to travel in. Yeah. Make your way through the theaters. Yeah. To the core. Yeah. Transcribe what I gave you to the registrum. Yeah. And then, I guess, presumably, in your case, escape. Yeah. Although once you enter the information to the registrum, I will be free to enter. Are you going to help us get back here? Cause, like, That's my question. I, yeah, I don't know if I really want to stay in a magical land where anything could be a sex thing. Although, frankly, that also <laughs> describes here. <laughs> well, it describes the internet. Mm, yeah. I mean, I can try to find you once I gain access, but you're probably better off finding your own exit. My kindred have many doors into your world to ply their trade. And we've got a key that opens any door. Indeed. Yeah. You okay. see the plan now. Hey, is this written in English or are we going to have to like trace a weird symbol or something? Excellent question. You'll find language to be a more malleable concept in otherwhere. Okay. 
All right. Constance punches Alvin and JR in the shoulder, like one of those like attaboy punches. He goes, yeah. All right, let's do it. She um had a lot of caffeine as prep. Right. <laughs> yeah, take a bite of cheese and shoulder my bag. I appreciate the renewed enthusiasm, Constance. A few other bits of advice before we get you ready for your departure. First, as you've seen, my kind wears many faces. You'll need a disguise to avoid being identified immediately as interlopers. Luckily, I have several here for you to choose from. And from his suit pocket, he produces a briefcase, which is not possible. It improbably just appears from his his suit pocket. Cool trick. And it opens far wider than a suitcase should open. Oh my god. And inside are several dozen masks. Just a variety of different faces. Human faces. I got my own. (laughs) Nice, nice fully work. (laughs) Little Guardian, that especially will draw unwelcome attention. Yeah, that's a fair point. You, more than anyone, needs a mask. Okay, I put a mask on my coyote face. (laughs) Do the three of you want to describe your masks, or do you just want to, like, pick random ones and let it ride? I'm a 45-year-old bald man that looks like an accountant. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, good. Well, now you all have to describe your masks. I picked the one with the biggest beard. Oh, very nice. Um, And long hair. There's one that's like a ZZ Top beard. Perfect. I start braiding it. Mine looks... uh, Oh, I have chosen a disguise that makes me look like an (laughs) E-girl. Outstanding. Yep, that's my disguise. What a motley crew we are. Interesting choices. These should adapt as you travel between theaters, but if you find yourself out of place, do try to... Take care of that. Second rule. Your magic works quite differently from ours. It's much more abrupt. And he looks at you, JR. Um. Using it would stick out like a sore thumb in other wear. I don't recommend it unless it's your only option. But will it help us, like, find the doors and things? Like... I don't know, I feel like I might have to use it sometimes. (sighs) I suppose I have to place a bit of trust in you, so I trust that you'll use it judiciously. Yeah, yeah, I think you can probably trust us to do that thing. Alright, any other advice for us? Yes. I don't imagine this is a great risk, but I suppose it bears saying nonetheless... Don't make any deals while you're there. No promises. Beyond jeopardizing the task at hand, you run the risk of not coming back. I'm kidding. Interesting. Okay. Any questions before you leave? Does time pass the same way? So like if we spend a day there, is it a day lost here? Or is this one of those we come back and no time has passed situations? Like language, you'll find time to be somewhat malleable it will likely pass slower there okay are we ready gang yeah i think let's uh let's get this on the run let's beat this popsicle stand Mm -hmm. the tall man dorian 
beckons the three of you forward to the spot where the spark appeared. Mm-hmm. I trust you brought the key. Oh, shoot. All right, I pull the key out. And in front of you, that spark of light appears again. Similar to the windows that you've seen previously. But as you approach with the key, JR, it begins to slowly trickle downward towards the ground, like a thread unspooling. And when it reaches the dirt, the sides begin to pull out like wings, revealing a shimmering silver surface that ripples faintly like an unsettled pond. After several seconds, the window, though this oblong shape looks more door-like in appearance, settles into place. The surface of the silver plane is utterly still for a moment. Then, slowly, it begins to extend outward. You see the contours of a finger, and then a full hand, pushing against the surface. Then, slowly, the mercurial curtain begins to part, and a soft, perfectly manicured hand extends out to the forearm. Its posture is that of a handshake, waiting to be taken. The surface shifts again, and suddenly another hand, rough and calloused, is outstretched towards you. Another adorned in dazzling jewelry, a fourth missing two fingers, a fifth locked in place like it belongs to a mannequin. More and more hands emerge from this plane, until there are hundreds proffering themselves towards you. Okay, this is creepy as fuck. And in the center of this plane, there's one small, almost indistinguishable spot. In that tiny patch of roiling silver, you can just make out the shape of a small keyhole. And Constance, once again you are struck with an uncanny sense of familiarity. Your door of hands painting is mounted above the fireplace in your parents' lounge. Oh no. I guess I've been here. Even if in a dream. Well, the door awaits. I don't know, maybe we should like link arms or something. This seems like a good way to not get lost. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, I agree. So uh, we link up elbows. And I go forward with my key, and I stick the key in and turn it. JR, the hands gravitate towards yours as you move the key forward, but they don't grab hold. And as you put the key into the keyhole, there is a blinding flash of white-hot light. Hey folks, Quinn here. Thanks for tuning in to episode 32 of Monster Hour, as our intrepid heroes take the plunge into otherware. Are they prepared? Probably not. Did they pack enough snacks? Only time will tell. The real monster is running out of snacks. Two announcements for you this week. First, it is September, which means that it is International Podcast Month. IPM is a month-long collaborative event where indie podcasters come together to create unique audio drama, nonfiction, and actual play one-shot episodes. And I am super excited to announce that Monster Hour is represented in not one, but two episodes of IPM this year. This Thursday, September 3rd, you can catch my game of We Die Here, a tense Twin Peaks-style horror story set in the remote beach town of Wendell Trap, Oregon. It was an awesome group, we had a blast recording, so if you enjoy Monster Hour, 
And at this point, I assume you do. I think you'll really like this episode. And if you're looking for something completely different, on the 15th, you can catch me playing the non-copyright equivalent of a Force-sensitive R2 droid in a raucous game of scum and villainy. You can find those episodes and all of the other awesome content coming out by searching for International Podcast Month wherever you get your podcasts. Second, I want to tell you about the first tier of our Patreon that we recently launched, but before I do, I have to give a huge, huge thank you to our inaugural group of Patreon supporters, Nika, Kent, Ed, and Melissa. You all are amazing and wonderful and fantastic people, and we so, so appreciate your support of the show. For everyone else, let me tell you about our first tier of support, which is the $2 a month firmamentarian tier. At this level, you get your name listed on the support section of our website, as well as a Monster Hour sticker sent to you in the mail. And once we hit our goal of $20 per month, which covers the hosting costs for our website and our RSS feed, you'll also get access to all of my GM, mystery, and monster notes for the completed arcs, as well as any other bonus written content that we produce. This year is a great way to help us out without breaking the bank and enjoy some really cool perks and behind-the-scenes materials. So if you're looking for an easy way to support us, I highly recommend it. Our spooky spotlight this week is Powered by the Players, an anthology of short Powered by the Apocalypse campaigns featuring a rotating cast of diverse players. Hi everybody, welcome to Powered by the Players, an actual play podcast featuring one-shots and mini-campaigns of all your favorite Powered by Apocalypse games. Each campaign will be a different PBTA game with a rotating cast of diverse players. I'm your host, Diana Lorraine. I am your game master, Morgan Nunzio. I am your producer, Kristen Devine. Let's Let's power power up. That's it for me, folks. We'll be back with episode 33 of Monster Hour on September 15th. See you then. As the light subsides, the three of you find yourselves standing at the entrance to a long corridor of buildings. To your left and right are two rows of single-story wooden structures, some plain, some tinged with faded paint each sporting a mismatched assortment of frames and roofing. The path between them seems to be made not from dirt or sand, but rather loamy dust just waiting to be kicked up. As you look on, an oversized tumbleweed rolls eagerly across the street, and just at the outskirts of this small town, you can see a hand-painted wooden sign that says, Welcome to Devil's Folly. Before we jump in, allow me to explain the custom move for Otherware and how to travel between its theaters. When you search for an exit to one of Otherware's theaters, roll plus weird. If you have oriented yourself around the theater's anchor, the mortal that it is constructed around, take plus two on the roll. On a 10 plus, it barely takes you any time at all. On a 7 and 9, you'll have to spend some time searching, but not terribly long. On a miss, get comfortable. You're going to be here a while. Okay. So you have a choice, really, whenever you arrive at a theater to try to search for its anchor, which is the mortal that the whole thing is sort of constructed around, Mm -hmm. or to immediately try to search for the exit. If you find the anchor, it'll be easier for you, but you'll have to spend some time. If you just blaze a path forward, you'll have a tougher time, but you might potentially get out faster. Okay. Let's find that anchor, yeah? Yeah, I think we've got time. There's not like a pressing time need right now. 
Okay, yeah. The three of you notice that you appear to be wearing what could only be described as Old West attire. Nice. Cool. Oh, heck yeah. <laughs> All three of you are wearing hats. Yep. And as you're talking amongst yourselves, you start to hear gunfire in the town. Hey, can we get shot in Magic oh, Land? Oh, we forgot to ask about the death thing. <laughs> Man. Let's go on the assumption that you can. Yeah, until we've been proven otherwise. Yeah. Yeah. I would like to not be in the middle of the street. You're kind of at the outskirts of town at the beginning of the street. It sounds like it's coming from within the town. So you're not in immediate danger, yeah. although there is a ruckus of Bruin. Okay, okay. Rumble. Anybody here mortal? <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. Shh, 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 shh. I don't think that's how it works. Uh, I think we should be going to the center of town. What do you think, JR? Yeah, let's go uh, check it out. Partner. Pa- partner? Hey, part- partner. This uh, town ain't big enough for the both of us, but it is for the three of us. Hey. I know, but I'm I'm trying to I'm trying to fit in. I'm Y'all will catch on soon enough. <laughs> yeah, this is actually your element, Alvin. It is. I mosey. <laughs> All right, we uh, we mosey behind you. <laughs> Follow each footstep. Oop, oop, oop. Yep. You can tell as you begin to walk down this pathway that this town appears to be mostly shuttered. There's some sort of happening going down, and uh, most folks appear to have just boarded up their doors. But as you get further in, you can tell that the ruckus is coming from the Heart of Gold Saloon, where a handful of scofflaw-looking types, some real, <laughs> some real outlaws, appear to be trying to shoot their way in. And uh, some folks appear to be barricaded inside. If anyone would like to roll to read a bad situation, you certainly could do that at this moment. Yep. All right. That is a good old fashioned eight. On a seven to nine, hold one. Let's do what's my best way in. I think you have two best ways in. You can tell that these outlaws have the building mostly surrounded, but they seem to have taken for granted that the rest of this town's not going to do anything. Like, they're pretty confident. Mm -hmm. So their backs are to you. So you could go through them. Alternatively, if you wanted to get inside without confronting them, uh, I think on your way in, you realize that most of these doors do have a back entrance. And so if they have someone posted there, it's probably just one, maybe two people. So you could probably get a drop on them pretty easily. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, let's go around the back. I think we should sneak. Yeah, let's look. We only get one chance of being sneaky. (laughs) So let's take it. Okay. I don't think there's any reason that the three of you would unduly reveal yourself to these outlaws. So I think there's no problem with the three of you sneaking around to the back. Sweet. Where you see one rugged, bearded looking cattle rustler drinking straight from a jug with three X's marked on it, staring down the back door with a revolver pointed at it. And he doesn't seem to notice you as you sneak around back. He's pointing his gun just at the door. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm asking you, door, stand aside. <laughs> we don't take kindly your type around here, partner. <laughs> doors. <laughs> we only like those little swingy doors that people can walk through. That leave an opening at the bottom for the tumbleweeds to get through. These closy doors? Nah, fuck them. Them latches. 
Yeah. Newfangled was- technology. Some witchcraft. <laughs> uh, huh, who knew Earl and John were here? Let's, uh, <laughs> let's, uh, <laughs> let's sneak past Mr. I don't like doors. You will not be able to sneak past him. He is no. guarding the back door. I can thump him one real good. I elbow Alvin in the ribs. <laughs> yeah, I straighten my hat and I, I walk up behind him. And I give him a little tap on the shoulder. What? Howdy. Thunk. <laughs> Roll to kick some ass. How oh, honorable. I kick Take a ass. plus one because you have the utter element of surprise. Yeah. Hell yeah. 11. And I believe this is an advanced kick some ass. That only happens on a 12. That's plus, only a 12. That's right. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Close. Very but close. you do still get to choose an extra effect. I do. I suppose inflict terrible harm to try to knock them out. I don't think I can convince you that force them where I want them is into unconsciousness. Uh, I would I would buy that for... Okay, for this, this minion. Yeah. <laughs> okay, then I will force them where I want them. On the ground and sleeping. I think with the element of surprise, you, like old school movie-esque, comically punch this outlaw and they just <laughs> kind of flop down to the ground. I move my hat to be all jockeyed again. And then I chew on a fake chewing tobacco. Yeah, magically a bit of wheat just like appears in your, in your <laughs> mouth. <laughs> just literally out of nowhere. Without even looking back over my shoulder, I give a little whistle with like two fingers in the mouth. And a horse just like suddenly <gasps> appears. Uh, could we stay here? But like we're having a lot of fun here, but you whistle and a horse just kind of gallops up. Oh, oh my God. Oh, this is wonderful. It's beautiful. <laughs> what do the three of you do? I pet my horse. Yeah, yeah. I also. And the rest pet of you can come. Do- I pet the, the horse. Do whatever well. you want. I- the rest of you can do whatever. I'm done. <laughs> I'm gonna move in. Oh boy! All right. Well, goodbye, Alvin. Kyle, do you want to put together another character sheet? Uh- yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay. So, like, I want to go in the door where we were. Not going to be able to go before Alvin decided to knock somebody out. You swing open the back door, mm-hmm. and inside you see a classic Old West saloon. Oh. Everything is planks of wood, like the floor, the ceiling, the walls, absolutely everything. Wood furniture, wood tables, wood bar. There's a, just a tiny touch of metal accessories. There's like the low metal bar around the, the bar top, but it's just like being inside of a tree. Please tell me that there's a player piano. Is there a is there a player piano? I know that would be more oh, yeah. metal, but I really want There's that. a player piano and yeah. it is playing yes. a is jaunty anybody, tune. Yeah, is there anybody in here enjoying this? Yes. Okay. Oh, I mean, there's quite a few people in here. None of them seem to be enjoying it terribly much. Most people are, are cowering underneath tables. Several of them are overturned. You can see the bartender has a shotgun that's just like resting on the bar while she's kind of like below it. Everyone appears to be cowering except for one person who is sitting at their table. There appears to be a poker game midway through. All the other chairs are overturned and people are are hiding beneath the table, but this woman is not. She has a bottle of whiskey in front of her. She's holding her cards very close and staring at them intently, while 
with her other hand shooting a revolver out the windows of the saloon. Because <laughs> I think we may have found our anchor. Yeah, I think yeah. this might be yeah. our anchor. Okay, is there anybody else sitting at the table with her while she's shooting out the window? Which I'm going to say, even in Wild West times, seems wildly unsafe. I realize this is a magical world where everybody's wishes come true, but that seems very unsafe, even if all of these people are figments of your imagination. I think she's got like a long kind of like fishtail braid. Yeah. uh, And she kind of like flips it over. And uh, as she's shooting, she fires the last bullet in her chamber. And outside you can hear like a troubled scream as one of the outlaws goes down. Good job. I'd love to see it. Um, Yeah. Is there anybody else sitting down around her? There are three burly men cowered underneath the table, but no one is currently sitting at her table. Hey, Constance. Yeah. Do you want to, like, maybe go sit down? You know, maybe try to do the thing? By do the thing, you mean... Find the door to the next place. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought you meant, like, <laughs> no, we're strike gonna... up a good conversation. <laughs> I have been working on my networking skills, so... I mean, we can do that, too. These things are not mutually exclusive, but no, I meant, like, go do the thing we're supposed to do. Alvin, this is your world, man. Huh? I push you forward a little bit. Oh, I'm definitely still outside with Bailey. Oh, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. What is the horse's name? Hmm? Bailey. This is this is my new best friend. <laughs> <laughs> that was quick. Wow. We're just like chopped liver, huh? Bailey understands me better than any person ever has. <laughs> Fine. That may be true, but you're going to have to leave Bailey behind when we well, go actually, to the Well, actually, we don't know place. that. We don't know that. Bailey, I'll see you on the other side. Oh. Um, okay. Uh, I'm going to go up and chat with her. I'm going to use my networking skills. I'm going to orient myself with her and then, um, we'll take it from there. Yeah, I'll go get, get Alvin so he can say his goodbyes to Bailey. Well, again, we don't know. Bailey could come with. That's very true. We don't know how this works. Bailey will always be with me in my heart. (laughs) Oh, gosh. (laughs) Oh, no. Okay. So. Constance, you're going up to chat with this gunslinger? Yep. I'm approaching in a friendly manner. She looks at you. Howdy. Pulls her cards close to her chest and says, Howdy, what brings you all around here? Howdy. Beautiful setup you got here. The how to go? May I interest you in a drink? I got mine right here. Oh, and yeah, she so then pushes it's only me. the jug, the triple X jug of whiskey towards you. You're welcome to some if you want. Well, that's mighty kind of you. And I pull out from my Instagram backpack, which I don't know what that's turned into in this world. It's a it's a rucksack, yeah. Although I do kind of want it to be like like a a little like makeshift sack on a long stick. <laughs> oh, bindle oh, yeah. stick, bindle <laughs> stick, yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's definitely that. Okay, I whip that down, unfold it. There's a flask, and I I go mighty kind of you, and I pour. Very terribly into the flask a little bit. You're going to pour it into a flask to drink it? Just drink it from the bottle. I was trying to be polite in front of new company, but if you don't mind, and then I grab it and I do just like take it back. I, I chug quite a bit because I'm trying to show off. <laughs> so uh, what, what you up to in these parts? Right now we're sort of under attack, but I think we can deal with that right quick. 
You got a gun, stranger? You want to help out? Happy to do so. And I pull out my... Is my flamethrower still a flamethrower in this world? Yep. Yeah. Actually, no, I lied. I pull out my silver sword. I pull out my silver sword. Nice. My mom always told me not to bring a sword to a gunfight. Oh, well, uh, no disrespect to your mama, but she's never seen me with a sword. And then I do like- Fair my, enough, missus. I like do my like my best lightsaber impression. Like, like yeah. cool moves. Now, what, what's your name? My name's Constance. I always fight mm-hmm. with folks I consider my friends, and you're not my friend if I don't know your name. Name's Ed. Nice to meet you. Nice to meet you, Ed. And then I tip my hat and I go, again, it's Constance. And then I stand next to her like ready. And then I kind of like very lightly look over my shoulder at JR because I have no idea (laughs) if what I've done is correct. I don't know how to know if this is the center of this, of this is the anchor, but I'm just going to assume it is (laughs) and move forward. Yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to nod. Yes. Ask her how long she's been here. Oh, yeah. Why don't you give me a role to investigate a mystery? (laughs) Or like what she's doing here. (laughs) I was getting there. Look, we had to, she had to first trust me. Gosh. You can't just start asking people questions in a Western. That's true, but you just. (laughs) All right. All right. That's a good old nine. Nice. Hold one. All right. Are you the anchor? Is (laughs) that on the list? Um, What sort of creature is it? That'll work. Okay. Much about this place is not right in a sense. Mm-hmm. Like it doesn't conform to your expectations. But Ed, Ed feels human. Mm-hmm. Okay. Ed is the anchor of Devil's Folly. I've put one hand behind my back and give JR a thumbs up. JR and Alvin, what are you doing? Well, I would like to get Alvin brushing Bailey back from. <laughs> I've conjured a horse brush. Oh boy! Um, yeah, I'd like to get Alvin back from the horse that you have decided to give him <laughs> unwisely. I might add, Quinn, it's not a not a good decision to give somebody a friend and then take it away from them. Not established that Bailey needs to be gone yet. I'm gonna believe in the best. Alvin, oh. Alvin, I know you you have mm-hmm. met a friend and you have fallen in love. Mm-hmm. And truly, our animal friends are, are truly the best thing about being human. I don't know. JR has never really had a pet except for that tiger cub she stole from a <laughs> drug dealer. She did really like that tiger cub. Um, Alvin, we've found the anchor. So I think for now... You're going to have to say adieu to your horse friend, and perhaps when we get back to Firmament, we can talk about getting you some riding lessons, because it seems like you've established a really close bond. Oh, I don't need lessons, but thanks for thinking of it. Okay, well, we'll get you a pony. How about that? I had one. Okay, come on. Still on the farm. Come on, Alvin. Bailey, goodbye, Bailey. You can tell me more about- You stay safe now. Be good. (laughs) JR, as you are consoling Alvin and starting to lead him away, you hear a voice behind you say, All right, now hop on my back and let's go kill some outlaws. Whoa. Uh, pardon? Ooh. You turn around and you see Bailey, but something is off. 
like his his face is crooked and you realize that it's tilted slightly and behind it is this smooth face just like the tall man we should go and he tilts it back and says let's go time for the cavalry no bailey what has this place done to you alvin we should go let's go see what constance is up to um no no thank you sir no no thank you but uh we're gonna go come on alvin <gasps> let's, let's oh my god it's a deal Constance! Constance! I'm gonna back away f- from the creepy horse, um, who I've decided is now not our friend, and well, uh, I'm gonna see if I can get Alvin to, like, go into the- and back into the bar with me. I give Bailey one last longing look as I'm uh, tugged. I allow myself to be tugged back into oh. the bar. Okay. Oh. The two of you enter to I'm see- I'm gonna fall in love in every theater. <laughs> Oh, God. Challenge accepted. No! (laughs) Oh, God. The two of you re-enter the Heart of Gold Saloon to see Constance making her way towards the front door uh, and Ed draining this jug of whiskey and reloading her revolvers. Constance! I'm not the only one who found a friend. Well, howdy there, companions. Oh, hey there. Constance, she's the thing, right? She's the... Ed is the muscle in this town, that's right. Mm. And I wink. Yes. And I also wink. Alvin, do you want to try and do this? Quinn, what is the move? What's the move? I think I'm going to call it navigating the theaters. Navigating okay. the theater. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I think I've uh, I think I've learned a little something about this place, you know? Oh. And yourself? Well, yeah. <laughs> Obviously. <laughs> Yeah, I'll I'll do the move. I don't know if I intuit what I have to do about it or if I just have to kind of like be near here, recognize that Ed is the most human pillar of this area. Go ahead and give me a roll plus weird. Okay. And take plus two. Plus two. Oh, boy. Yeah, this is a wild roll for you. Yes, that results in a 14. Okay. On a 10 plus, it takes you barely any time at all. I think... You walk up to Ed loading her revolvers and you close your eyes and you feel the contours of this place. Not the the physical environment that you perceive, but it's emotional constructs. It's wishes and wants. The space that is structured around making Ed feel like she's having a, a good time. That she's having fun here. Mm-hmm. Very quickly, as you perceive this, you also perceive doors. You perceive mm-hmm. exits to other theaters. And I think very quickly you understand which ones lead closer to what you want. Time and space seem to not work exactly the same way. It's not like following cardinal directions, but you know which way will take you further towards the core. Okay. It is a doorway located at the end of town, a train station. And you Mm. can tell the train is on its way. Well, Ed, it's been a pleasure, but uh, we got a train to catch. Y'all are just going to run when these outlaws are knocking at the doors? Yeah, Uh. you cowards. 
<laughs> now I, I kind of give you like a sorry look, but I'm I don't want to I don't want to <laughs> I made a new friend and I'm trying so hard to impress them. I'm sure you got these these bandits well in hand, Ed. It seemed like you've faced down the barrel of a gun once or twice. What he said. Well, y'all are some yellow-bellied bastards, but fine. And she kicks open the door and starts blasting. And left and right, you see these outlaws going down. That's heck of badass. Uh, Ed, probably never see you again, so take care. As you start to leave, you see Bailey poke his horse head through the back door. No, 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 Alvin. The strings swell. No, Alvin, Alvin, no, no. (laughs) I pull Alvin along with us. No, 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 no. Bailey, I'll find you on the other side. You get a look of curiosity from Bailey's horse eyes. (laughs) No, this is, no. (laughs) And then the saloon doors swing shut. And the three of you are outside as Ed is laying just a savage beatdown on these outlaws. Good All for right. her, man. Good for her. See, y'all fine. What do you do? Make our way to the train? Yes. Yeah. Okay. I do have my sword still out and I have it in front of me like a bayonet and I'm just charging forward. Okay. There do not appear to be any impediments in your path towards the train station. But you can't hear the steam whistle from a distance as you sprint towards the train station. Yeehaw! The three of you sprint downtown. You can hear the percussive sounds of gunfire in the distance as Ed deals with this petty threat. And you arrive at the train station just as it's pulling in. You hop aboard. There's a ticket taker who takes the tickets that suddenly appear in your hand. And... Just as the train pulls away and you feel this blinding light encompassing you once more, you look back to see Bailey galloping down the street towards you. Oh, no, 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 no,